Life Remixed. Hi everyone, welcome to Mark Wilkinson Straight Talking, uh, a series of interviews with influential people around the globe. Uh, I'm absolutely delighted to welcome uh, Pashmina from Hasmark Publishing uh, to me or with me here today. How are you, Pashmina? I'm great, Mark. Thank you so much for having me on your platform. Thank you. Uh, it's absolutely great to have you here. Um, just for everyone's sake and just for mine as well uh, whereabouts in the world are you right now uh-huh. i'm in bangkok thailand right now and the the current temperature is it's about 30 degrees celsius it's about 30 yeah. degrees yeah and <laughs> that's that's average isn't it 30 degrees pretty much all year round in thailand okay so yeah yeah all of us right now are <laughs> <laughs> the cold here look i'm wearing about three layers it's anyway but you're in you're in thailand um and of course uh yeah a beautiful place to live and i want to know more about your history and more about you uh, as we go forward um but obviously we're here to talk about about you know your life remix and and obviously tying in with the book and everything else you know how you've lived your life and the things you've you've, you've uh achieved um but let's start with some music because you know a bit about me and my background obviously uh you are my publisher and, and part of uh, a part of this whole journey now of life remix which we're absolutely uh, loving you being a part of and us being on it together um but start with some music have you got a favorite tune or a favorite artist and why has it made you feel was it make you was it remind I, I love I, I like I said um you know I don't like to actually choose because I feel like I might be having an affair with another singer <laughs> it's the same thing with authors I don't have a favorite I but if you're asking me maybe what is my favorite genre I love soul music I love mm. Sade I love the 80s and the 90s and in most of my interviews I, I always talk about Shaka Khan and I talk about I'm every woman so I love that song, so yeah, yeah, that would be my song of choice. That's an absolute beauty, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, a, I'm an 80s and 90s soul boy. Um, I know. It, it just moved into house music and, and it uplifted me into, into the 90s to become a DJ, you know. But uh, yeah, that 80s, uh, that 80s and 90s sounds and Chaka Khan, you know, what a voice. Uh, yeah. Yeah, she's done some incredible songs. And uh, yeah, I mean, even, even back in the early days when we were having like, acid, I say the early days, when I was 18 and we had acid house raves, <laughs> we had acid house raves, they'd play Chaka Khan, I'm Every Woman, and people wow. would just be partying because it was so uplifting. You know, you'd have all the sort of deeper, darker music and then all of a sudden Chaka Khan's voice just comes out of the speakers and you're like, ah, wow, you know, it was, just, it was, it was brilliant. So um, that is a great choice and you are a soul queen, obviously. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So... So um, let's just tell everyone a little bit about you. Obviously, you're a best-selling author. Um, you know, give us a bit of a bit of a rundown. Um, I'm actually the marketing director of Hasmark Publishing, and that's how I met you through Judy O'Byrne. So it's really wonderful. Um, and I am an international best-selling author of three books. Actually, I wrote a trilogy called The Cappuccino Chronicles, which I'm hoping to get into a film kind of medium. And um, I wrote a children's book called What is a Goopsy about my pug and about my family. So it's a little bit of legacy and family and something fun with another organization called Hearts to be Heard, which is a charitable, charitable part of my life where we give back to the community. Awesome. Awesome. And I mean, you know, you've, you've inter- you're, you're an international woman aren't you let's be honest you know you're living in you're living in thailand um you're very well connected and obviously flown to canada and the states to be connected with hasmark publishing and and judy uh and obviously her sister peggy mccall um you know you you move around the world hong kong i mean everywhere i mean you know tell us a bit about that international kind of flavor I love it. You know, I'm, I'm a very social person. I love people. Um, and my book is about people. Like I love like the fiction side of my book and how I've recreated different styles of people from meeting people from an international background. I mean, I lived in London um, when you were at the height of your career. I've waited outside Ministry of Sound praying to get in. You were probably in there just spinning your decks. And I was out there, a little college student, begging to get in. So, you know, I've had so many life experiences, good and bad, that have helped me to understand how it is to 
uh, be with people from different nationalities mm. and be with different people, you know, who are from different countries. And it's so beautiful. I'm so blessed to have that opportunity. Well, first of all, if I'd have known you then, I would have got you on the guest list and got you. Thank in. you. Yeah, I wish I, I knew you then my, my too. Heart, my heart would have been in the right place, I promise you. Um, and um, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, I, I found a way. I'm, I'm a huge socialiser. Um, I, uh, I, I learned that about myself in, in the last 10 years, actually, by doing personal diversity indicators and finding out more about me as an individual and the, what the thing, my preferences and what I like to do. Uh, I use a tool called Equilibria for that, which is really interesting. Um, and um, I, I just love people hugely. Like just, I'm just a massive people person. And I actually found that out about myself and then looked back at my life and went, oh, right. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what that means. I, that's why I was involved in music and DJed at the height of this, you know, this whole um, party lifestyle and everything we did. And, and I'm blessed like you that, that I've traveled to 65 countries around the globe. And yeah. one of the things it gives you is it gives you a, an international um, it gives you an international uh, feel. It gives you an international kind of like understanding of of uh, of humanity and the way that we all yeah. want the same things. You know, we all want food, clothing, and shelter. We all want yeah. to be loved, and we want to give love as well. You know, I know it sound like a hippie, right? But the point is, is that <laughs> that's true. It's so true. Every single human being wants the same things. Uh, you know, and and we go about it in different ways, of course. But we want to look after our families. We want to look after ourselves. You know. Um, and it's an important it's an important journey, I think, to to see that. And and you know, I've been to I've been to Russia. I've been to you know I've been you know I've been America. I've been Hong Kong. I've been Australia. Wow. I've basically, been everywhere. Um, but generally, what's interesting about that is, is I've landed, um, been driven to a nightclub, played a few hours, gone back to the hotel, had some sleep, and then got on a plane to fly back out. Wow. So although I've seen it, I, you know, there's it, there's a whole journey. I'm sure to go back and, and really see it. But um, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, no, that's cool. I, I love the international flavour of what we're doing now and the way that Zoom can connect us, uh, you know, like, like never before, you know, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, we're having regular uh, Zoom calls every couple of weeks and we've got you on the line from Asia, mm -hmm. we've got us in London and we've got the Canadian uh, Hasmark Publishing with Dave and uh, Jenna and um, uh, Judy and the rest of the team. So it's amazing that connection across the world. It's, right. it's fantastic. So we're all working together as one big, beautiful team. So that's great. Yes, I love it. So to tell uh, all the guys that are tuning in uh, a little bit, a little bit more about you, tell us something that most people don't know about you. Um, I don't have blonde hair. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> um, something that people don't know about me. I'm not sure if maybe people know this about me, that my ultimate dream is to build a state-of-the-art theater in Asia. Wow. I do say that in every single one of my sales pages of my book, but no one's ever asked me about that on any interview, Mark. So here's your chance. <laughs> world exclusive, right. Okay. Yes, world exclusive. So now, that's the, something that I want to do in my life. So the power of goal setting, because we both coach people, so we both, mm -hmm. we both understand the power of goal setting, but sometimes it can be a question of... Uh, you can lose track of your own goals sometimes if you're oh, not yeah. if you're not careful. So uh, so we're going to do this right here right now. Okay, uh, whereabouts is that theatre going to be? Somewhere in Asia. I mean, like oh, no, maybe no, no, no. Hong Kong. I need, Hong, I need specifics. Hong Kong. <laughs> Hong Kong, because there's a theatre lane there. Great. Okay, so it's going to be in Hong Kong. Yeah. Uh, how many people is going to, are going to be able to attend? I want 120 proscenium style. I know exactly what it looks like, Mark. It's a proscenium style, 120 seats with plush red cushion, like a cinema style. Yep. And it, the depth of the proscenium theater is as much as the one that's in, uh, on Broadway at the Gershwin Theater. That's yep. exactly how it looks. Okay, beautiful. Without all the gargoyles hanging out, no, like no. the Gershwin Theater. No gargoyles, no, <laughs> like no, the no. gargoyles on the inside. So it's going to no. be beautiful interior design by yourself, obviously. Sure. Yeah, okay, I'd, I'd love for you to open the stage with your Swarovski uh, DJ headset on for the opening oh. premiere. 
My Swarovski headphones are on. They're on order. Oh, right. <laughs> they're, they're on order. Um, but that's that is really really important. What we what we just did there. What you just did there. To be honest, um, you know that if anyone wants to understand a bit of a coaching session in like about a minute, that was it. Because uh, you know ultimately your visualization of what you would like to achieve, you're already. You can picture it. I'm sure you went there in your mind when I yeah. when we had that conversation, that question. Um, I do this with quite a few people. Um, when people are struggling with their purpose and their vision and their goals, and I get quite a lot of questions about that on, on my uh, platforms across across the social medias and, and the websites. How do I find my purpose? What do I do? You know, lots of people really kind of get struggling with their goals and their vision and their purpose. So um, I tend to push them now a little bit towards, okay, so write down the perfect day and write down the perfect year. What does it look like? What does it feel like? Can you envision it? Can, you know, uh, you know, give me more and more information. So I did this myself. I actually learned the power of goal setting when I ran the London Marathon. As you know, part of the story of the book was unable to walk. And then I ran four marathons, you know, that's the unable to walk incurable disease and then running four marathons. And that was part of that story. And I visualized myself when I understood the power of, of this kind of process, I visualized myself crossing the London marathon finish line. Um, and four that was before I ran anywhere. Um, four months later I did it. Um, and that was a really great feeling especially, especially when I'd been like, you know, suicidal and unable to walk. So, so just getting myself there was like, right, now I know the power of visualization. I can do anything. And the life I live today is because of what I visualized 10, 12 years ago. And, and, and so the perfect year, uh, I may have mentioned this to you before, but the perfect year for Emma and I is uh, uh, winters in Thailand. So see you soon. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, winters in Thailand for maybe two, three months. And then, um, and then obviously, you know, London's our home and, and we love London. So that's what we, where we would be. But the reason I took you there was because, you know, that power, that feeling yeah. is really important. And then if you tie that to, you know, that's your goal. But if you tie that to your purpose and your vision, mm-hmm. where, would that, where would that take you? Because I know where it would take me, but where would it take you? The seed of that is because I'm a teacher by, Mm. as Judy says, in my last life. So that purpose of that is to actually help with the arts and creation, because I really do believe children are our future. Mm. You know, I've been a teacher for about 20 years. Mm. I mean, I still have a license. I can still go around and teach. I can come to London and teach, but not in the winter. No, thanks. (laughs) But (laughs) no, it's just something that's in me. And I just feel that if and watching my my life you know in the beginning parts of my life watching children actually create and do things and and express it just you think why do we all lose that why do we lose that inner child because that's what gives us freedom mm. it's that mechanism that allows us to dream and to build and to create those goals with a really carefree attitude you know that doesn't mean to say that you just sit there and meditate and think oh it's all going to fall on my lap no it does take work mm. it's a vision it's a goal i mean to build a theater in hong kong would cost millions of dollars so yeah. how would i do that you know investors or i've got an answer you know, for you sponsors. I've, got, I've, I've, I've got an answer for you there's a great story there's a great story in think and grow rich uh, where they're talking to a guy exactly the same conversation you just you just started there they're talking to a guy and they said, well, that's going to cost a million pounds. How, how are you going to do that? Or a million dollars. How are you going to do that? Uh, no, that, what they say is, where's the money going to come from? Mm-hmm. And he says, from wherever it is right now. <laughs> that's beautiful. You can achieve anything you want. As long as you've got, and, and I'll, I'll take you back to where, to how this fits in with, basically with my purpose anyway, because, mm-hmm. because yes, um, you know, I've definitely got that sort of like teaching kind of like, you know, gene in me that wants to help other people and uplift other people and someone said to me the other day about they live for the light bulb moments when they see the light bulb moments like happen for somebody and it's like whoa you know yes. and even after he's teaching adults you know but when you get yes. an adult that goes whoa hang on you know I hadn't thought about it like that or that's a different way of doing it that that's really you know that's a buzz for him and I think you're that's where you would come from the same yeah but the reason I ask about purpose because I would tie in this is how I got to my purpose. And I think yours is quite similar. Um, That theatre, or for me, that nightclub, is a place of joy. It's a place of joy and entertainment and and education, of course. But it's a place of, you know, and so I kind of took it 
back, I don't want to say even further, but I took it back and I was like, kind of like, okay, so why? Why am I doing this DJ? Why am I doing this book? Why am I doing anything that I'm doing? You know, why are you doing that theatre? Well, you're doing it because it's a place that it can bring joy and education and information to other people. And when you realise that that's your purpose and your goal and you know that's sitting there and you know it's going to happen, you're going to work for it and you're going to find investors and you're going to crowdfund it and you're going to do all this kind of stuff. You're going to pull it. It's going to happen. Yeah. Because every other thought you've ever had in your life has happened. Yeah. Good so, or bad, right? Well, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute, I'm sure. But the point is, is that once you've got that purpose in your life, then you know that everything you do from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep is aligned with that. Yeah. And that's massively powerful because then you, you don't waste a second on this planet. I've got people doing jobs that they don't like, you know, they're like, why am I doing this? Well, you're doing it for a few quid. Yeah. Okay. For a few pounds, but, but it's not what you like. It's not what you enjoy. Right. It's not what your purpose is. It's not why you were here. So, you know, you, you're more, you're, you're born for more than just to work and pay bills. You know, there's more to yeah. it than that, you know? And, and I think if yeah. you, you know, for you, I'm sure you're tuned into that purpose anyway, but I just thought I'd share that with people because it's so important to like align your purpose and have that goal there. And I can't wait to sit in that theater. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I can't wait for you to help me open. I also know that, do you know Idina Menzel? Uh, the no, one I know, who sings. I know the name. Yep. She, she, she's in my head opening the, you know, with defying gravity. So you can go either before or after her. I have the whole rundown. So you're part of my opening number too. But this is so important because that visualization and that reality will, will, yeah. it, it will happen. It's just as simple as that. I've done that. I've done that with the London marathon. Uh, I've done that with financial freedom. Uh, I've done that with this book, you know, this book, I dreamt of this book 10 to 12 years ago. Wow. Uh, you know, yeah. and I've been working on it ever since and I've been working towards it ever since. And here we are right here, right now. And it's going to come out next year in February, uh, as it says up yeah. there. Uh, there. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, whatever. So, uh, <laughs> um, so a story from when we first met. Well, of course, we've, we haven't actually physically met, but uh, I'm sure we will. So I'm looking forward yeah. to that. And, uh, you know, fingers crossed. Emma and I are due in, in Thailand at some point in the winter, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm Can't not sure. Wait. Yeah, I'm not sure we'll get there at this stage, but we might have to delay it a little bit, but um, that will be good. Um, as far as 2020 goes for this year, um, I, my question is, have you taken any positives from it? Now, I know you've taken some positives from it somehow, um, but it's been a challenge, hasn't it, for all of us? Yeah, I'm not going to lie and say it hasn't been because like you were social. Mm. Um, I was supposed to be in five or six countries this year Mm. to promote my book, to help promote Hasmark, to, you know, get into more airports, um, to just really be that author that I've always wanted to be, Mm. you know, go visit places like, you know, California and, and go back and see like maybe some Hollywood people just, it was, there was so much on the table for 2020. Yeah. So, and I'm a planner. I like to look at my life like you do day by day, week by week, month by month and year by year so that I know what I'm up for, for the next five years, mm. but also like little daily exercises that keep me, you know, kicking and alive and, and not, thinking only of the end goal, but thinking of the small little things as well. Mm. So 2020 was like kind of like an avalanche for me, Mm. to put it mildly. Mm. Um, Some people who do work from home, who are working moms, but, you know, are at home all the time, maybe it wasn't as difficult for them. But for someone like me, it was was quite a shock Mm. that I was now grounded by the universe, Mm. literally. Yes. Yeah. And, and I'm, like I said, a huge socializer as well. And, and I, I, I think I, I mentioned to you before we started the interview, I, for last night for the first time, I was really kind of like, oh, you know, mm. I really don't like this. Because for most of 2020, in all honesty, because I have quite a few construction clients and other work that's going on, at, you know, businesses and other things that are going on outside of, outside of the book and music and everything else. Um, I haven't been locked down once. I haven't been stuck in my house once. I've been out pretty much every single day every because day. because construction was never told you know it's only if you mm-hmm. can work from home that you should work from home um and uh here in here in england anyway um and the last thing that's uh you know has happened now is the fact that most of my um 
most of my clients now have have continued work and I've got other people out there working, which has meant that I'm now mostly in the house. And mm. I must admit, I've kind of, last night I was a bit like, oh, I really don't like this, you know, and we've got another month, uh, wow. you know, or another two or, two or three weeks of this to go. So it's very, very interesting um, that, um, uh, that, that people, you know, it must have affected people. When it, in the long, t- the previous this year, when it was two to three months, you know, I'm just getting a tiny little taste of it. It must have affected many people uh, really, really heavily. That That's the thing, you know, like it made me also reassess about self-care and being more with my family. Mm. I have a 17-year-old and a 12-year-old and don't ask me where the time went. It just went. <laughs> and this year, it's kind of like we were able to, every single one of us were able to slow down just a little bit, mm. you know, like slow it down at a pace where we're actually not rushing to, get on a plane or rushing to do our homework or rushing to a class or rushing to yoga, or rushing to here or there. It's just like, ah. it was suddenly like a stop, which I think has been quite healthy in a family dynamic for me. Mm. I mean, the, cri- the word uh, crisis actually also means opportunity in China. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it, yeah, this is a crisis, but the positives are for many people, are a chance to sort of breathe, reassess, yeah. you know, where am I going? Am I happy with my direction? There's lots of people that are ch- taking the chance to retrain in something new. Lots of people right. are learning new skills. Um, writing a book. <laughs> writing a it's, book. It's, it's, a book. Been a, it's been an explosive year at in the publishing and marketing side for books and, mm. and really exploring digital marketing. Because I opened up my own company called the Online Authors Office in 2017. And I'm so grateful for Hasmark for collaborating with me. Otherwise, I would have never met such wonderful people like you. But when I did that in 2017, people were like, you're a bit crazy. What does it mean to have an online author's office? I was like, to be able to work from anywhere and be able to contact me at any time. They're like, well, what if we need to meet you in person? And Mark, I was flying down to Hong Kong to actually see my clients face to face, like how we do. Mm. How often did we use Zoom? Mm. Probably never, mm. you know? So now that it, it's like this, it, in the title of my company that I founded, Online Authors Office, people are like, oh, now I get it. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a great okay. idea. <laughs> uh, yeah. Good for you. You were ahead of your times. And I'm thinking, no, I just wanted to live on the beach and help you. That's what I wanted to do. <laughs> that's, a great, that's a great thing. I, I must admit, I, I work, as you know, I work as a coach with, uh, with Kevin Green in business coaching. And mm-hmm. we've been doing Zoom worldwide uh, coaching for probably two, three years. Uh, when mm-hmm. I was I was coached, I was coached by an Australian guy. It was absolutely fabulous. Uh, you know, and so... Um, yeah, we've been using Zoom for a long, long time. And all of a sudden, you know, the shares in Zoom went through the roof, I think, in March. And people started to uh, people started to understand it. But we've been using it for a, a long time. Um, and it's a, it is a great tool. And, you know, for us to be able to connect like this in seven-hour different time zones, but still be able to have this kind of conversation. And, and ultimately, we're, we're both driven by people and we're both driven by a, a mission to, to help other people, as you say. And I think, you know, as, a, as an author as well, you are what you are doing is making the human connection digitally which is awesome because when you actually do make the human connection it doesn't have to start from all the way from the beginning you have a relationship with the person that you've actually met so it's kind of nice actually what what kind of the shift that we're going through as well understanding a different market too Absolutely. I mean, you know, we've got our own personal goals as I shared some of that. I mean, I, I live the perfect day already now. I, I, mm-hmm. I designed that three years ago. It took me 12 months to achieve it, but within 12 months. And so for the last two years, uh, I've been living the perfect day, get up in the morning, drink some water, exercise, live to my purpose, multiple businesses, relax in the evening, go to sleep. Perfect day. Um, you know, and that I absolutely love and I'm massively grateful for that, of course. Um, and obviously we're working towards that perfect year. Uh, but the point is, those are our personal goals. You know, our, our bigger mission is to bring joy, knowledge, inspire, create uh, and to do more and help more. And I want people not to have to go through the health and the financial and all the other crises, relationship and all the other crises that I went through. Um, 
because there are strategies that if you learn them young enough, um, you would never go through any of that stuff. Uh, and we would yeah. have a we would have a happier, healthier, wealthier um, uh, generation. Society. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Children are our future. They're the ones that. I'm sure there was they, a song about that. Passion. Yeah, there was. <laughs> okay, sorry. Soul Queen is like you know thinking of Michael here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Um, um, but that that is true. I mean, it really is. And if we can start a seed of inspiration at a really young age. You know, I see so many youth across the world. They're just, you know, mental health issues at the moment and trying to fit in and drugs and alcohol is at its all time high across the globe wow. with an age group that is as young as my youngest and as old as my eldest. Mm. So mm. 12 to 17. And I look at mine and I think, thank God that you have an Indian mom. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, but it's, it's, you know, they, they have that kind of family and everything, but those poor kids who don't, who don't understand that they're worthy, mm-hmm. you know, that they are something, they are, they are important. People like you can come along. Teachers can come along to really give them back their hope, which is so important. Yeah. I mean, you know, as you start, as you know, the book is, you know, there was some fun times in there. And of course, I'm never going to deny that. But there was also some very, very, very challenging times when it all caught yeah. me up. Um, and there's some strategies that if you start to feel, and, and the strategies, by the way, are strategies that are open to absolutely any human being. You just need to make a decision to go for it. But, you know, when you get to that point of, you know, I went to rock bottom, uh, you know, I could have gone and jumped off a bridge uh, or dust myself off, thankfully, and go again. Uh, and, and for me, that choice, that decision to say, no, no, I'm better than this and I must go again. And I, Bob Proctor said, your way isn't working, try mine. And I just went, yep, okay, he's right. My way hasn't worked. So let's try a different way. And that was based on Think and Grow Rich and You Can Heal Your Life and The Way of a Superior Man and all these amazing books. Uh, And all I've done is read them and then use that information. But it's open to anybody. And all I've done is put it into Mm -hmm. life remixed and gone to them, you know, and I want to reach people and go, look, guys, just just please read this book because you know you will find a way away from addictions you will find a way away from an unhappy sick and broke kind of life um and you can uplift yourself to a really you know beautiful place where you will be happy healthy and wealthy so that's that's you know the premise and i know you have a very similar mission so that's that's really important yeah so um yeah i mean look we've chatted about tough times you know um, you must have been, you must have been through some challenges around uh, around for your life is there anything you would like to share you're comfortable sharing um you know life does do have their ups and downs and it's really how you manage them mm. which is important and i've learned with age to manage it much much more with grace and to be much more, you know, grateful for the lessons. Mm. I've been through a very, very rough childhood. I mean, I'm not a rags to riches story. My, I grew up in a very wealthy family, but my my biological father wasn't very um, there or very, you know, uh, connected to us. And it was all based around his fear of always wanting to provide and provide and provide and provide. Mm. I mean, he provided us with the best schools, you know, in Hong Kong. We went to private schools. We had everything like the Kardashians, you know, (laughs) but Ah. it was, it was, and there was three of us, three of us girls and my mom. And we had this, you know, we were like the Kardashians. We, We were also very women of the world. We wanted to be able to create businesses. We wanted to be able to go out there and meet different people. But something about my father was that he was stuck in some kind of old paradigm. I realize that now. Yeah. I would I did never realize that before because it's so easy to blame people, you know. But I realized he was coming from a place that was so old school, where his only mission in life is was to provide. And if he didn't, he was a failure. And that was all that was stuck in his mind. And it didn't matter how much my mother adored him or loved him or we gave him, you know, love and respect. He was he just had this weird sense of how he should be. And it was all based around money. Mm. Um, So I so sometimes I grew up with a very careless understanding of money, Mm. um, 
which is which got me in trouble because when you have it and you don't know what to do with it and you use it in a very stupid way, you end up becoming a dingbat, right? In whatever you're doing. I mean, for lack of a better word, without abusing myself too much. Well, I heard a great story that money makes you more of what you already are. Uh, so, so if you're really, really skilled and really, really, you know, focused, and you know, you can be hugely skilled and hugely focused and do some amazing things. However, if you're financially uneducated and mm -hmm. perhaps you're young and free and a bit, you know, out there and you know, all that kind of stuff, uh, you can be more of that. Yeah. So. I, I decided to shift my life around and I said to him, I'd like to get an education abroad. Mm. I actually got accepted to New York University, which was one of my first top choices for communications and theater and film and all that, but he wouldn't let me go mm. because he was stuck in this paradigm of you're an Indian girl and you stay here and that's it. And I, I kind of, what do you say, prayer, manifestation, shifting, understanding, I kind of convinced him in his own way, in my own way, to let me go abroad. Mm -hmm. Because in his vision, I should have been married, I should be close to home, I should be in the kitchen all the time. You know? you're, sh you're shooting all over yourself. There. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you're shooting all over yourself. You're brilliant. You see, that's why I like you. You're really, really good. That's excellent, mate. Really, really spot on. Love it. <laughs> but no, you should, 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 right? I mean, you yeah, know. Yeah, so he was, she was shooting on me, you know, the whole time. And I realized they couldn't should. You know, I have to be me. So I had to actually kind of beg him to go to university, like, please. And I would kind of repay it in a way, like getting good grades or go get a good job and pay it back somehow, even though I didn't actually need to. It was just something that I needed to say to go. And that was the seed of me really exploring how to be a global citizen. I left home at 17. Mm. Wow. With my poor mom crying yeah, at the yeah, front yeah. of my dorm. She had to sign a, a form because I was a minor in the United States. Yeah. So I had to, she had to sign me off to like the international leader at the center over there. And I was just to like, allow you To allow you to leave. Yeah, but freedom for you. You're like, come on. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting you talk about your dad there as well because um, the very masculine uh, old school, you know, way of thinking is that I must provide. And, you know, and, and, and you know, in many ways, the, what he provided for you was a great, education and a great opportunity and everything else but what he didn't provide from you for for you for what you said is that he didn't provide you with with enough love and enough attention in you know as, as in that sort of feminine kind of like love as, as yeah. opposed to the masculine love he thought he was loving you by doing all this great stuff for you yeah. and he, he just you know there's and I've, there's uh we're going to be talking to a relationship expert coming up in the next couple of weeks which is uh, which is excellent and uh, my understanding of masculine and feminine in relationships is just you know, exploded in my in my mind in the last ten years to to actually understand the masculine side of myself, but also the feminine side of myself, right. and actually able to understand that masculine uh, needs freedom uh, and feminine needs fullness. And, and you know, yeah. as long as you don't make an issue of those two things in a relationship, and so you understand, I understand that my wife needs fullness, so lots of you know stuff around the house and lovely things, <laughs> and I need freedom, and that's why I've you know that's why I'm not feeling. You know, or if you're struggling a little bit with this color, because I need my freedom. I need to be out. I need to be seeing people yeah. doing things. I haven't got that 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 freedom. And in you, the feminine side of yourself, of course, is your beautiful family and your husband and all that wonderful fullness you feel there. And your masculine side of yourself is actually jumping on a plane and going to like you know talk to people. Yeah. It's, it's a lovely breakdown when you start to understand the play within yourself and then with other people. It's it's. Uh, I mean, like I went, I I sp spoken to a lot of healers and stuff because I mean he's my dad at the end of the day he yeah. didn't speak to me for 20 years we were estranged because I married completely the opposite human being to him in race culture uh understanding yeah, challenge him yeah, yeah. looks yeah, yeah he was like what i sent you to college for this <laughs> like, yeah. again he's again that's his expectation right um you right. know if you just live in a place of acceptance like love to me, love, the definition of love for me, and I've thought long and hard on this, the definition of love for me is total acceptance. Yes. Because when you live in total acceptance, and by the way, start with yourself, 
you know, look at yourself. You know, I never used to accept this body and this face and this. I was like, oh, you know, I'm not this. I'm not. I used to think of all the things I wasn't. And actually, now I just think of all the things I am, and I am total acceptance. You know, I just love. I love every human being. Before I go to sleep at night, I just send this little message in my mind, going, "I, I just love Aww. you all. I accept you all. Humanity. I just accept. We're not perfect. You know, we make yeah. lots of mistakes. Clearly, but if as long as within me, I live in that place of total acceptance." it's a beautiful place to live because then I don't expect, you know, having a daughter and then I don't have children, but of course, but having a daughter and then expecting her that she will do this, 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 and this, and this, it's just, it's, a, it, it's not the right way to, to live because. It's the perfect way to create a rebel and a exactly. renegade. That's what really I was getting at. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Cause then you'll just be like, no, 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 no. I'm not doing it. I'm going to do it my way and I'll just do something completely different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. That's really interesting. That's really interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Yeah. And, and, and my stepdad now he's, um, he's, he's been in my life since I was like four or five and he's just been around a lot, you know, because he was really a friend to my mom. So I, I saw both sides of how, how, you know, men could operate like, how there was really the feminine and the masculine. My stepdad is a beautiful interior designer who's totally artsy and out of the box and talks to me about spirituality and he does yoga. He's 70 years old, stands on his head. You know, he's my dad, yeah. you know, he really is because he's always been there. So, so the, the universe allowing me to see both sides to a story mm. has also been a blessing in my life. Of and, and the man that I married is such a beautiful combination of both. No. And, and, and when he met me, I was very like always seeking for that kind of like how they call like daddy issues. And he's my best friend. I've met him since I was, when I was 16, my husband. So he was like, always like, um, you know, come on, you know, like be a little bit more like, you know, challenging a bit. So as we've grown and, and I, you know, we've been married and had kids and I challenge him a little bit. He just giggles a lot now. Cause he's just like, okay, here she goes. So, but he just gives me that sense of, I can be masculine if I need to like in a way that, you know, is important for me to be able to express that. But, and he do, and because of who he is, and he's grown up in a household of so many women, like six sisters, he really understands that, you know, how, to, and he has me and his two daughters, how to be that very beautiful, you know, loving man who puts women on a pedestal. The truth, and it's just beautiful. Yeah. The, 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 truth, nice. the true masculine man. I, I, I had to learn this in, 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 a, in a different way. I failed in many relationships, unfortunately. Uh, but what I did was I learned from, from them slowly but surely. And then I read The Way of the Superior Man. And he says in there, it's, it's, a, it's a book about, not, it's not, the title puts some people off, but it's not about being uh, a superior man as in I'm better than you. It's about being, a, rather than being a mediocre man yourself is actually being a yeah. superior man improving yourself to be someone who can who can be in the world and actually like learn how to how to be masculine but authentically masculine and and it's really interesting and he says in there one of the most important things in your life is that um you need to understand that around the feminine is that everything in your life is a test or a celebration <laughs> and there are no gray areas there are no there is not you can never escape it uh, and he says every feminine woman has a temperature so she can either be very very intense or she can be very very you know mellow and, and calm and everyone's different of course we're all unique on the planet but just understanding that test celebration what I could do was I could look back at my life and go oh look at all the times I failed the test oh no oh no I failed, I failed it oh, she was testing me and I blew it um and I look back on it now and sometimes I think oh god you know but I what I do I what I really do is I don't I don't carry emotional attachments anymore you know I can actually like be, look back on my life with the book and everything else with a, a real kind of love and through a different perspective but I use that in my current relationship and, and my current family and, you know, and everything else. I, all the people around me, all businesses, everything else. I understand the test versus celebration 
kind mm-hmm. of um, metaphor really, really well. So when I'm being tested, I know that I'm being tested. Uh, and when we all get to celebrate and when I celebrate with my wife, I, you know, I get that as well. And, and so understanding that makes me, I believe, a better man. Um, yeah. And it sounds like your husband didn't need to read a book to learn it. So that's great. <laughs> well, he had enough lessons with so many women in the house. He gets scared. <laughs> He's just like, right. okay, okay. <laughs> so, so we're getting near the end now, but let's just ask a quick question, uh, a couple of quick more questions. So the best advice you can offer for someone looking to remix or improve their own life, what would be your sort of go-to strategy? I know mine, but what would be your go-to sort of number one, do you think? Two, two that I have that I live by every day. Follow your intuition. Mm-hmm. Always. Don't ever let go of that. Even if it, you know, that feeling, believe it, please, because it can save a life, actually. Mm-hmm. And self-care. If you do not care for yourself you cannot care for other people you cannot give from an empty vessel ever i couldn't agree more with you i mean <laughs> ultimately you can't give what you haven't got um exactly. you know many people go to a relationship to get someone to love them because they don't love themselves yeah. uh when actually it's you're like if you do that you'll attract someone else who's the same mm-hmm. and then you're like two starving people trying to take each other's food <laughs> it doesn't yeah. work you know um and yeah. many people do that's why relationships break up that's why things go bad you know ultimately if you go to a relationship first of all you work on you to fill yourself up full of love um and just to be f- you know and money and everything just fill yourself up with all good things and then be a place to give that to somebody else. That is is life changing. Yeah. And if more people understood that, Pash, we'd be in a happier world. You know. Let's um, start with the young kids. Let's get them yeah. to understand that. I, I hope. I hope. I hope that um, this. Actually, I expect that this book is going to help some people, and that would be beautiful. Yeah. I mean, the one strategy for me um, is gratitude. Uh, you know that was my go-to someone someone said to me you know you need an attitude of gratitude I think that came from the secret um and Bob Proctor sort of you know ran it home with me and I was bankrupt sleeping in my mum's spare little box room at 38 years of age after a 20-year DJ career uh and I just I mean first of all I was I was sleeping there going what the hell just happened to me what I had 20 years of an international career and now I'm living in my mum's box room going this is not which is not right um, but at the same time, thankfully, dusted myself off. But I used gratitude. I got grateful. I got grateful for the fact that my mother had that box room. I got grateful for the fact that I had a welfare check from the government to be able to go and buy food and, and eat. I got grateful for this. I got grateful for that period, probably about six to eight months. I got grateful for that period there where I had the time just uh just to breathe, just to, you know, I went out for a run and ended up running a marathon, but I had this time of just, just re, you know, like recharge, if you like, you know, recharge, reset, go again, uh, but go again with a completely different attitude. And the more- How long did it take you? What do you mean? To get out of it. Well, it's been, it's been 10 to 12 years since then. Um, Wow. And uh, how long did it take me to get out of it? It's really interesting. I mean, it, it happened really quickly, but the last 10 to 12 years have happened really quickly as well. So I, 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 I literally, once I just started changing my life to become grateful and happy and in a good place, life just got so much more simple. It just got so much, so much easier, yeah. you know, rather than having all this like negative, what fear, doubt, worry, what are other people thinking about me? A great one. What anyone else thinks of you is none of your business. Yeah. You know, that just took away, that took away lots of stuff. And I was like, Oh, what, do I, what, what shall I think about now then? <laughs> so, so, like, yeah. so, so taking that away, it gave me loads of time and it gave me loads of creativity and loads of like, actually, you know what I'll do? I'll go and do an exam. I'll go and do an exam. I found myself at 39, 40 years of age doing exams in construction and health and safety and all this other stuff. 
I, and I got into myself and my own psychology yeah. and, and I studied me. I studied me massively. I became like a, a sponge to information and then trying things out, trying things out, trying things out. I had nothing to lose, by the way. You know, I had no money. I had no relationship. You know, it was just me, my mum and my brother. And that was it. But the point was, is that it took as long as it took. I mean, I, I, the story's documented in the book, but literally I did my exam. I did an exam in construction. Uh, within three months, uh, I had a job offer at the Olympics back in 2011, 2012 oh. here in London. I became the health and safety manager of the Olympic Stadium within four days of being on the job. Um, you know, I mean, it's in the book, uh, you know, yeah. I've just, I just attracted this entire path to here. Yeah. Just like boom, 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 boom. And, and all of a sudden here I am, by the way, following some great, great mentors in Tony Robbins, Bob Proctor, Kevin mm -hmm. Green here in the UK, just following these guys and understanding their strategies to become the, the better version of me and to allow myself to re release this book and, and hopefully, or expect, I expect to help some people. Um, how long did it take? I don't know. It's a constant journey. I mean, it, it, it would take, right? take, pardon? It is, right? I mean, like you can yeah. say bankrupt, like, you know, you had 10 pounds in your wallet, let's say you had, you know, whatever. But how, you know, when did you have like 50 pounds and when did that 50 become 500? There's never like a sequence of how it, the abundance started to roll. That's why people say like, are you, they see you sometimes as an overnight success, but it's not like that, right? I mean, you had to work, you know, to, I love what you said. That's such a great question because you can't actually say it took me one week or it took me five years or it took me overnight. I slept and, you know, a mosquito bit me and I was okay. You know, I mean, it's not, it's not like that at all. It was about goal setting. Yeah. So, so uh, I remember doing it on, on an online course with Bob uh, Proctor and he said, set a goal that's so big that it makes, you go, you. It makes you go, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, and I, I set a goal that was, I said, right, I'm going to earn £100,000 a year. And I'd never done that, but I was going to earn hundred grand a year. Uh, I'd never done that as a DJ. I, I'd, I'd made a living, but never, never, you know, £100,000 a year. So I broke that down into... 8,400 pounds a month. Well, actually, I, I broke it down to 400 pounds a day, 2,000 pounds a week, 8,400 pounds a month, which is 104,000 pounds a year. And I, so I just had to go back to, I have to earn 400 pounds every day. Right, okay, so how am I going to do that? Right, okay. Mm -hmm. So if I, and then I just looked out and a friend of mine was living in Phuket in Thailand. He was doing health and safety on the rigs uh, and he was only 400 pounds a day. And I said, right, how did you do that? And I went and did a couple of exams. I didn't. I never ended up on oil rigs, but I ended up doing similar at um, the Olympics here in London uh, for wow. Heathrow Airport for a, wow. a large construction company. For you know, boom, boom, boom. Within three years, I was earning hundred thousand pounds a year. So, yeah, so, so, so that, you know, but I set that goal and I just kept, and, and then the universe just gave me all these opportunities and I just became aware. Once I set the goal, I had this awareness of, okay, so oh, you're already doing that. Oh yeah. So I just need to copy you then. And all I've done is I've copied Bob, I've copied Tony and now Kevin Green here in the UK, Kevin's a multimillionaire and I, I, I'm copying Kevin. I'm literally copying Kevin. We're doing property deals. We're, go, you know, we're going for this in a big way. And over the course of the next five years, that perfect year that I spoke to you about, online businesses, properties, we then we're then free. We're free to do whatever we whatever we. Well, our goal is what we like, when we like, with who we like. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and that's it. I'm, I'd say I'm eighty percent there, maybe ninety percent there. You know, wow. um, and awesome. yeah, and thank you. And that's, that's it. What we like, when we like, with who we like. And I love that. We're on it. We're on it. So it's been amazing. Uh, the time's just flown. What, an, what a great interview. And thank you for being here, Passion, and just bringing out the best in me. And I hope oh, sharing yeah. so much of your own stories as well. But where can people find you? Website, social media. Remind us of the book titles again, please. Okay, so I have it here. I have my books over here. This one is the Cappuccino Chronicles. I don't know if you can see it. Uh, yeah, hold it down a bit. Yeah, there we go. We can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Move it in front of you. Move it in front of you. Anyway, that's, oh, okay. There it is. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's published by Hasmark Publishing, who's our, both of our publishers. You can find me at Pashmina at hasmarkpublishing.com as the marketing director. You can find me, Pashmina Pash, on my Facebook. You can find me at in Cappuccino Chronicles International Bestseller on Facebook. You can also find me on Instagram, and you can also find me on LinkedIn. 
My Instagram is Pash underscore Cappuccino underscore Chronicles. And my LinkedIn is Pashmina Pash. And you are worth getting to know because you're a very, oh. very, very interesting lady. Um, oh, Mark, and, uh, thank you. No, seriously. I mean, you know, it's, it's a pleasure. Uh, it's a pleasure working with you. It's a pleasure being oh. around you. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I love the fact you shared that goal about the, uh, the theatre in Hong Kong. That's amazing. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the time when Emma and I can uh, land again in Thailand and uh, get to meet with you and your family. Oh, we can't wait. We can't wait, Mark. And thank you so much. It's, it's really a privilege to, to know you too. I mean, that's the thing. When I read your book, I was like, he was a DJ Ministry of Sound. I need to know him. I've manifested. <laughs> and here, yeah, and here we are. I mean, you know, the, the book, as I say, the book is, is what it is. It's, uh, it's a redemption story, ultimately. I love it. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I identify a lot with the Shawshank Redemption um and uh swimming through the river of shit which was generally my kind of like my, neg- my negative thoughts uh but swimming through that and coming out the other side and being like oh, actually okay i'm a better person now um and andy dufresne does end up living on a beach doesn't he so uh, yeah <laughs> exactly uh, so not too far away uh, exactly. but thank you so much thank you for giving me time as well to spend such precious book time with you you know, and for taking me on the journey with you, because, you know, it goes both ways. I learned from you as well. And, you know, it's, it's a privilege and I love your wife. She's amazing. And I just can't (laughs) wait to meet both of you. It's just going to be so wonderful. Thank it you. really is. Well, thanks yeah. so much. Thanks for uh, for joining us here on uh, on Straight Talking. Uh, yes, many more uh, episodes to come. Do stay tuned. But once again, thank you, Pashmina, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you. All right. Take care, Mark. Mark Wilkinson here, author of Life Remixed. Are you currently feeling stuck in your life with nowhere to go? Then it's definitely time to remix your life. The book is out now on Amazon across the world. It's been endorsed by Bob Proctor and Marcy Shimer from The Secret, as well as some wonderful, wonderful people. You can also log on to markwilkinsonofficial.com, sign up, stay updated. We can help you take control of your life. Big, big love. Life Remixed.